The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The 3 Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Well, we open this uh, very special Banjo Bowl edition of the Three Down Greencast with myself, Joel Gaston, and John Fraser. Please don't ask me how this episode is special because I, I don't know. It just seemed like the thing to say because <laughs> that's what everyone does right it's you know a very special week it's the labor day classic edition and it's really just the same show you maybe have a guest but we generally don't have guests so it's just no. the two of us here. but we do have a very important question to answer to start this show and maybe john's answer will make this a very special edition of the three down green cast as uh, yes after your beloved bombers Lost yet another Labor Day weekend game, John. Mm-hmm. I have a question to ask you, and that is, is there room in your heart for another kicker after we saw the Riders Brett Lowther bolt about 110 yards down the field into Pilsner Place and slam back a beer in celebration? And it even looks like he crushed it on the top of his head. Um, I would say yes, Joel. In terms of my kicker power rankings, my cr- kicker bro crush power rankings... Uh, Sergio was still number one and of course, will of likely course. remain num- number one for a very, very long time. Um, but Brett Lowther just jumped himself into the number two spot on my kicker bro crushes. I didn't even know I had a number two spot, but <laughs> that, that celebration right from the fact that a, I turned my, my father, my mother and father-in-law just moved to the city. They came over our place uh, to watch the game. Uh, father-in-law and I are, are drinking some beers, and I turn to him. I say they're driving all the way down the field, and they're gonna and they're gonna kick a field goal to win this thing. So a, I felt like you know football or try to say Nostradamus into football, but it's not working. So I'm just gonna keep rolling. Um, <laughs> Stick to your four dollar words, not the ten dollar words. That's right. I got way too fancy, and it just didn't work. But uh, no, turn to him. I said, yeah, no, this this what this is what's gonna happen. So I was like mentally prepared for the heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So when you know. Winnipeg went and Winnipegged it up and broke my heart yet again. I was just able to, you know, really relish in the glory that was perhaps the best celebration I have seen in football, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is it that John Ryan and Brett Lowther run a hundred yards the other way up into the fans and pill place, and to kick it off, grabs a beer, chugs it, and may or may not have smashed it on his head. And I like the comment he made today talking to the Regina media. They're asking, where were you after the game? 
It's like, I, I had beers to drink, and you guys took too long. <laughs> That's my kind like, of guy. <laughs> oh, hey. As yeah. much as I like guys sticking around talking to the media, one excuse I'll buy is, I had beers to go drink. Sorry, guys. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, I mean, the guy, you guys took too long. I had beers to go crush. And obviously, he was in a beer crushing mood. He walked up to the stands and... I mean, it might have been a slightly warm pill because they stopped serving in the third quarter, but, mm-hmm. you know, he probably had some cold del- You know what it was, Joel? What was it, John? He probably tasted that the, the just the shittiness of a warm pill and was like, I must have some cold pile of bones put away someplace around here. I got <laughs> Shameless plug! Woo! <laughs> Sponsors will like it! Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing really we can knock uh, on this celebration is the fact that, yeah, it was a Pilsner, and there was there are better beer options in that stadium. Granted, they were probably all sold out by halftime, like usual, because, true. you know, the good beer sells fast, as it would. So, But at the same time, you know, it's the heat of the moment. You just probably grab the first beer you see, and you do it. Um, I imagine we're probably going to see a fine for the, from him at the league at some point, because I believe it was is that last year when John got the offensive lineman in Ottawa grab the uh, the beer out of the fans in Ottawa and chug the one, and they're like, okay, this is fun, but uh, let's not do that again. <laughs> but, 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 but the difference the difference with it, though, Joel, that I think, and I was, I, I was talking to, I forget who I was talking to about this, but the difference was, like, that was the end of the game. John Gott mm-hmm. did it still during the game, so I okay. could understand the fine. To me, like, you can't fine the guy. Yeah, the it, it'll be a slap on the wrist, like, $50 fine anyway. That's probably how much that beer costs anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, no, that's, that's the two-foot-long hot dogs that cost that. It's the beers, I think, are still around at, you know, eight bucks for a warm pill, which is still <laughs> highway robbery, but I digress. Yeah, so, of course, that was fun, and you, you can't blame uh, the team for getting excited about that, Brett Lowther especially. He's one of those guys, he, he's... He's kind of like Cody Fajardo to me. Maybe, mm-hmm. Like, they're at opposite ends of the spectrum for their, you know, kind of dorkiness and fun levels because, obviously, their personalities are very different and what they're into is very different. You know, Cody Fajardo's out there talking about corn dogs and sprinkles Jesus of Jesus while yes. Brett Lowther is crushing beers. So, <laughs> they're a little bit opposite, but you know what? They're being true to themselves, and it was it was a blast to see. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious it was planned. I don't think no one just on a whim runs like 120 yards, especially a kicker, especially two kickers. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you're right. John, John Ryan was the holder, and uh, and you'd have to think. I don't think the rest of the team knew that was coming, but you knew that like the second he nails it, and him and Ryan like they don't even do like the token bro hug. No, they're just gone. You well, know John, they had had. And John Ryan has been known to enjoy his beers as well, so That's I think the true. two of them probably even, maybe it was, this has probably been talked about long before this game even probably. They said, hey, if you kick a game-winning field goal with no time on the clock and we're at home, we're doing this. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then yeah, there was the moment of, holy shit, we just did it. Alright, get down the field. We're on the wrong side. Oh god. Oh. Maybe he needed the beer because he was just overheating from that long run that he's not used to being a kicker. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um, so... That was probably the most memorable part of what was kind of an ugly football game. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit. I've seen some people talking around how good of a game it was and how it was a classic and everything. I'm just like, well, mm. the, fin- the finish was, but the rest of it was dog's mm. breakfast. Mm. And not the uh, Saskatoon, University of Saskatchewan dog's breakfast, like an actual like, gross. Yeah, <laughs> the, the actual dog's breakfast term. Not not the great event put on by the U of S, but, you know, the actual original terminology for it. You know, uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't good. I mean, yeah, say was... we'll we'll get into it in a second. Um, we're also we're going to talk about Mike O'Shea getting mad and whether he was right to do that. We're going to talk again about power rankings and kind of where we think this puts the team right now, and whether people really should worry too much about the power rankings from week to week and what it means big picture. Uh, and if we have time, we're probably going to chat a little bit about uh, Jordan Williams Lambert and whether he's coming to Saskatchewan or not. There seems Intrigue. to be some uh, conflicting reports at the time of uh, recording. If you're actually listening to this uh, a few days later, we might actually you probably already know the answer, so you can skip that. That's probably where we're going to leave it to the end. Right, right, right. And then, and then whatever I say will end up being wrong because that's how the John takes go. Exactly. So uh, we've talked enough about bad beer on this podcast uh, for this episode, John. Uh, what is in the glass this week? Uh, in the glass this week, also a first. Does that make it a special episode? Sure, why not? Um, I decided with the dying days of summer to go back to... You and I have had debates on social media and via text whether or not a Rattler is a beer. Have However, we? we have via text. Okay, I don't um, remember. And, and you once questioned me on Instagram whether it was a beer or not, and I just said, ah, whatever, it's all good. Um, I have now... I've, I've made a beer cocktail, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it is half of, uh, I still have 016 left in my fridge from last week. Yep. Um, half of a 016 and half of a Rattler. Mix them together because I find the Rattlers, uh, no matter who makes them, Steagle, Great West, whoever, I just find them too sweet for me. Fair enough, yeah. uh, So I like making a little beer cocktail, a little half and half. You take uh, a lager, you mix in a Rattler, and uh, yeah, it's kind of two drinks in one. And I'm also recording in my basement tonight, so normally... I only have one or two drinks, so by the end of this, Joel, it could get a little sloppy because my beer fridge is, I, I can see it from where I'm sitting right now. Sloppier than usual? Mm. No, normally I'm just like unorganized and not very good, uh, but could actually get sloppy tonight. Yeah, for me, uh, I have basically started to embrace the fall season a little bit, as uh, even though it's not officially fall, but I have the uh, Rebellion Cats Got the Cream Ale of course, uh, an, it's an amberish kind of amber ale with some uh, Mexican vanilla in it. It's just a, a wonderful delight that is a huge seller for them every year. Uh, they bring it back around the fall every year, and they brought it back a little earlier this year because I think uh, people have been people have been waiting for it. And if the pumpkin spice latte can come out in August, why can't uh, a damn delicious beer? It's it, it's true, and uh, I thought you were going to say something with pumpkin spice, and I was going to call you a basic bitch, and no. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. No, I. I... I don't think I've ever willingly bought a pumpkin spice beer. I've tried some, but I, I've never actually like used my money to purchase one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those I've stuck to like when they're pushing it as a sample. You have mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You feel shame, throw up in your mouth a little bit, and then just go and get something you know, something else that's delightful. And John, I know you will be happy to know that the Rebellion Hazy IPA is back. Oh, fantastic! You should be able to find it in. Uh, Liquor store is up there later this week. Probably, we're recording this on Wednesday. Probably tomorrow, I believe. It might be. I don't know. It's it's probably out there already. I know I'm. we're getting it at happy hour on Friday. So. Well, I know. I guess I have to go shopping then. And that always ends up well for me. And, and I'm glad that they were able to restock the province after I very clearly drank the last one in the entire province. Yeah, the last commercially available one. Because there is, um, there is the Beer Lovers group on Facebook, and every once in a while someone posts a picture of like a delicious beer that's been out of stock for months from a seasonal. And I'm just like, how do you people have this control where you like have a beer in your fridge <laughs> and you don't drink it for months on end? Like, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> neither, neither, neither do I. The, the, although, in fairness, um, 
I do have one oatmeal stout left from Great Lakes Brewing, just because mm. it or it has not. Or pardon me, Sleeping Giant. Um, I have not. You know, you get a stout. My folks brought it up when they were visiting the summer, and no, it's, it's not, not stout. Stouts. It's not stout season yet. No, no, of course. Not. No, exactly. That's understandable. So, yeah. So that's that's about the only way. But like a hazy summery IPA. Hell no, that thing's in my tummy. Like as soon as I buy it, that's the that's kind of the problem. Uh, my wife has decided to. Lacey's decided to only buy high quality bottles of wine because she's like, I look at our beer budget and your craft beer budget. I'm becoming a wine snob, and I'm like, oh, okay, fair, fair yeah, you, is fair. You don't really have an argument there, and really, she should be because you only live once, so you really should enjoy, you know, the good stuff in life, right? Exactly, the finer things, like hazy IPA that I'm going to go and buy a whole shitload of tomorrow. Yeah, we're not 19 anymore and just looking for the cheapest thing that gets us drunk, like really. Well, sometimes. Sometimes, but not not generally speaking, though. That's true, that's true. We're classy alcoholics now. Yes, that's... that's... <laughs> There's that, there's that, there's that picture of the meme that goes around every once in a while where it's like, craft beer, thanks for making my problem a neat hobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my life in a meme. <laughs> uh, what, other than Brett Lowther uh, slamming a beer, there probably isn't a whole lot of memes coming out of this year's Liberty Classic between the Riders and Bombers as, uh... Oh, that was uh, not the greatest game in the world to sit through. As uh, And I think both, at least the Winnipeg coaching staff, from their perspective, they might not say it publicly, but it's probably about what they were expecting the game to be and what they were hoping the game to be to really have a chance yes. to win. If it became an offensive shootout, they knew they were hooped. So the fact that it was an ugly, hard-to-watch, only-a-coach-could-love kind of football game probably worked out for Winnipeg, but... I I am hesitant to put the word classic on that instant game. The the ending absolutely. The game itself, eh, not really. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you on that. Um, it was definitely one of those games that was easy to tolerate because I was drinking significant amounts of beer with my father-in-law and uh, generally having a good visit. Um, but if it wasn't for that, you're right. Um, at face value. It was, as you said, it was exactly what Winnipeg wanted. They mm-hmm. wanted a defensive slugfest. They wanted their defense to give them a chance to win it. They did all that, but the Riders were able to persevere. And and I thought it was very much a, and this again, this is what always gives me optimism about this year's Riders team and their and their chances to win the Grey Cup, is their ability to win a game like that. Mm-hmm. They basically, the offense disappeared after the first quarter. Yeah. The defense kept them in. There was very much a last year win when they didn't have a functioning offense. But then when when the chips were on the table, when it mattered most, and Richie Hall remembered he was Richie Hall and called the most vanilla defense he had the entire game, right when the Riders needed to drive, they got one. Like that's that. I think that's the difference between last year's team and this year's team. The yeah. defense is still good enough that they can win any style of game, that defensive slugfest, like the Labor Day Classic was, but yet the offense, you know, it's almost, and and again, like in all seriousness, I turned to my father-in-law and said, they're going to win this. You know, with with William Powell and and the, you know, the still so impressive composure in that moment of of Cody Fajardo, who, you know, we have to remember is a first-year starter in this league and and to me doesn't look one bit that part. He still makes the odd... There's obvious he's obviously picked up a lot from the guys he's 
been behind in his career so far, and Ricky Ray and Travis Lule most notably. Oh, 100%. And and I think one thing that I saw from Fajardo, and, and he mentioned that, it's like the huddle was so quiet. It's like mm-hmm. we, were, we were running the two-minute drill at practice, and it was a comment, actually, I, I saw in an interview with Bo Levi Mitchell, that Bo Levi Mitchell, was he was questioned, TSN questioned about his, his bravado and his confidence and the way he carries himself, and he's like, I've been playing football for a lot of years, and he's like, that's the one place that the whole team, they, they want to see there. They want to see the quarterback confident mm-hmm. and quiet and, and just have that swagger. And Cody Fajardo had it in that last drive. Yeah. Like, the guy looked like he was ordering like a double-double in the drive-through. Like, yeah. no panic on his face. And you're right, it was an ugly game, but there is still a lot of positive. You know, that... that the defense did their job. I mean, you still... I mean, Winnipeg doesn't really have an offense without Harrison Nichols. That's that's painfully obvious, but... No, but I, I will give... When I, I will... I, this is how much I really think of Paul Apolise now, when you really mm. think about this, that he was able to get something out of a group that includes a poor man's Tim Tebow, which is saying something, <laughs> and a myriad of Canadian running backs, essentially. Right. And that aren't Andrew Harris. And I think a couple of guys rushed for almost 100 yards. They had yep. some other players around 50. You knew they weren't passing the ball, and they still, in the second half especially, ran the ball fairly effectively. And the interesting thing about it, and it kind of got me thinking a little bit, is, okay, if Matt Nichols isn't in the game, is it, in theory, more difficult to stop the run without Andrew Harrison with him? Because with Andrew Harris, you know he's going to get the football. I'm not saying he's easy to tackle. Neither is a, a especially easy task. But yeah. if you're looking at what Winnipeg currently is trying to do on offense with Chris Traveler and potentially Nick Dembski and Lucky Whitehead and Johnny Augustine and whoever else they decide to hand the ball off to. Yeah. Is it yeah, if all if like the, those three guys are on the field at once, you may you know you may recognize some things in their play calling that you think they're going to do, but you aren't one hundred percent certain who's gonna have the football by the time it leaves Chris Traveler's hand. Right? Right. So there is always that one split second where it only takes one split second of a second guess for someone to say, okay, I think Johnny Augustine's getting this one, but isn't it Bensky? I, I don't know. And then, boom, there's, there's that gap that someone needs to get open. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and the, I, love, I, I love how Winnipeg has been able to completely reinvent themselves essentially in two weeks. Yeah. Um, I still think Strebler, if Winnipeg is going to win this Saturday and is going to continue to fight with the Riders for first in the West Division, I definitely think that strebler has got to find a way to not beat Tim Tebow. Oh, one hundred percent. It's not. Like, I don't think like I'm. It worked for this thing without Andrew Harris works. You know, in very small sample sizes. Yeah, it's, it's not sustainable in any kind of way. They need one of their two guys, either the quarterback or Harris, and it's starting to sound like more and more like Nichols is a bigger question mark going forward than originally thought. So they need Andrew Harris to come back from the suspension as good as he was before. Oh, certainly. And, and, and I mean, Chris Traveler, he's got the arm strength. If you look at his numbers in college, surprisingly, he was a pass-first guy. Mm-hmm. You know, But again, this is a guy in his second year in the CFL, right, that, that basically – that recognize. I think the thing that Chris Reveler does well, and, and the I mean the rider defense was able to pick up on the swing pass, which I think was the turning point in this game. Yeah, uh, and, and and pick like him you off, mean but, the one that he threw right to Luchez Purifoy? 
Oh, yeah, that was exactly <laughs> it. That, that he never even. The funny thing is, Clearboy jumps that route. He, he beat the he beat the receiver too. there. <laughs> yeah, he did. He jumps the route, and, and Strebler, in his inexperience, just basically chucks it up there without even looking. I mean, if he takes a second to look, Purifoy looks like a goat on that play because he's running past him, but he knew what he was doing, and it was a great play. It was obviously something they'd seen on film or seen the way he'd been throwing his swing passes. Now, mm-hmm. I still don't think that the Winnipeg will be able to get it together in time for Saturday, but, yeah, I, I, I just, I see, I was looking at the schedule today, and all Saskatchewan really needs to do beat Winnipeg one of the next two meetings. And I, sh- I don't want to say they can go on cruise control for first in the West, but the path is there. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple games against Edmonton, who they're still has... They're, oh, 100% they're frauds. They've beaten Montreal once. That's it. Everybody, they've beaten Montreal once and Toronto and BC. Their games against Toronto or BC and done, and they haven't beaten, oh, pardon me, Ottawa once as well. But they suck too, um, so. Well, but that's it. Like, like you've beaten the bad teams. Like, they've done their job and beat the bad teams, but the only good team, well, the only decent team they've beaten has been Montreal. So, Saskatchewan gets them a couple times. They get Winnipeg at a vulnerable spot where, uh, as you said, Joel, I don't think we'll see. I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw Matt Nichols by the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the path. You know, and this is all kind of the genesis that's kind of here at the Labor Day Classic after winning a game that maybe they shouldn't have. The path is suddenly open for them to, you know, it's not looking so daunting to finish first in the West. No, and who would have, you know, and that's, it seemed like a, it seems like a weird thing to be saying, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when this team was one and three to start the season. Right. And uh, we knew they were better than that team than that was, but I don't think any of us really expected the run, but that's just the way the CFL is this year, and it gets us in kind of into our, our topic here next of where this team is at because it's a conversation that has kind of taken over Twitter once again this week where the CFL.ca power rankings have the Riders number one. I put the, the Riders... Ni- the Nissan Titan CFL.ca t- power rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to plug my real job once in a while. I guess so. Um, so I... <laughs> I ha- I put them first in my Three Down Nation power rankings. I know Ryan Valentine, also of Three Down Nation and Horseman Radio Podcast, uh, vehemently disagrees and thinks they're a bunch of frauds, which, I'm, I mean, is not an invalid opinion at this point. We don't know for sure. But my point continues to be, okay, yes, the Riders could, in theory, lose every single game the rest <coughs> of this year. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be number one in the power rankings this week because they've won no. six games in a row and have proven to be able to win a lot of games in a lot of different ways. I, I I I agree with you. I I think anybody that doesn't think that Saskatchewan should be number one in the power rankings is is horribly the, mistaken. The, the right only now. the only team right now this week that I will buy that you will say is better than them in the power rankings would be Hamilton. They're the only team I'll listen to an argument above the Riders in the power rankings right now. Right, but it, it's it's funny. Our our boy Josh Smith. You know, you see some of his reactions, and and I don't follow the Hamilton media, the Hamilton fans as closely as I follow Saskatchewan fans, but like. The fact that, like, the knock all year on the Riders has been, well, I haven't beaten anybody. They're starting quarterbacks at Albano, and blah, 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 blah. And seeing Josh go full Ultimate Warrior on people on Twitter, and, and, and because they're saying the same thing about Hamilton. Yeah, like, they are. At, at some point, like, it is extremely difficult to win six football games in a row unless you're the Saskatoon Hilltops in the CJFL. Or the New England Patriots. 
right? I mean, we're talking like dynasty level. This is still professional football with weather variables and young teams and blah, 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 blah. And the Riders have won six of those games in a row. And several of them in decisive fashion. I started saying it a bit last week, and I will continue saying it right now. Right now, if the playoffs started today, as everybody looks, I know Bo Levi's back in Calgary. I know Hamilton's been great. Um, we don't know what Winnipeg is going to be, but that defense is still a thing. It, it, it's I'm with you. The only team I buy saying is the other is is the best team in the CFL right now is Hamilton. Yeah, other and, than the Riders. And the only reason I'm somewhat hesitant on Hamilton. And even though he put up some impressive numbers at times in that game, there's still something about that offense that hasn't been quite as consistent as it was at Jeremiah Masoli. They have their spurts, no. and they, they'll be fine in the long run, I think, but that offense, to me, just isn't quite there with Dane Evans like it was Jeremiah Masoli. This isn't Nick, Nick Arbuckle is picking up where Boldy by Mitchell left off to a certain degree. This is a clear change in their offense a little bit, and I don't know if I trust that in a big game just yet. But that could all change. Right. Right, and and I think we are seeing the the emergence of Dane Evans in Hamilton. I mean, he he's a little more hot and cold than say Nick Arbuckle, and I would say not as consistent as Cody Fajardo. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, you're you're bang on. They're the only other team that like if I had a vote in this, to me it's it's a it's Saskatchewan one, Hamilton two after a coin flip. Yeah, that's where I went. And then I went Calgary three, and then. Uh... I'm going for that. Doesn't matter. I went off that. I think I had Edmonton lower than probably most people, but that's okay. Well, well, yeah, because because I'm with you. I'm 100 percent with you that Edmonton's a bunch of frauds so far. To me, I would not be shocked if you told me today that Saskatchewan, Calgary, Winnipeg, or Hamilton won the Grey Cup. Yeah, I think those are the four teams that most people would talk about at this point. Yeah, exactly. I'd be a little surprised if Montreal or Edmonton managed to win. There'd be oh. That was surprising. I wouldn't be and stunned I, if Montreal somehow got there, just given Hamilton's sort of playoff past. Yeah. But I would be stunned, yeah, if Montreal won, yes. Right. I, I mean, and I wouldn't, I would say, and I would be absolutely floored if any of the other three teams won. I, I, I'd I, be I, floored if any of the other three teams made the playoffs, let alone won. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we, and we've been talking, we talked about that a few weeks ago, the parody in the league, and now you're starting to see the cream rise a little bit, right? So, mm-hmm. and I think the power rankings are an indication of that, but uh, I'm still, I'm not ready to put Calgary number one yet. They don't no. have a run game. No, and, like, and it's going to change. I think Calgary's definitely going to be a team on the rise if Bo Levi Mitchell stays healthy because we saw a completely different team, though they beat a team that, in my opinion, isn't as good as their record has indicated. They beat a team this week that wins despite their coach, not because of their coach. Right. So there's just, there's a lot of factors in that game as well before Calgary gets too, uh, you know, pissy about people not kissing the ring like they used to. <laughs> what are you talking You were on Twitter today. We know everybody's already pissy that they're not kissing yeah, the ring. Yeah, we need to get into that. But so, And you're right. <laughs> this just generally just speaks to the fact that there is great parity in the league right now, and you could have a number of different rankings, and that's, that's fun. And this is great for the league because there's a good discussion point right now around something that, frankly, really doesn't matter in the power rankings and the players of the week and all this nonsense because none of it really well, matters. Oh, God, we're, the players we're all, of the week are even worse. <laughs> we're all talking about it because there are lots of options right now, and there are, you know, it's not clearly Calgary number one because they're currently 10-0 and 0 on the season. You know? <laughs> right. No, you're absolutely right. So, 
that's that's just where this stands right now, and it's fun to talk about. But at the same time, I think some people are maybe getting a little too worked up about this. Like, just take a step back. It's the power rankings. It's cool. It's one week snapshot. It literally does not matter what the power rankings were last week and this week. It won't matter what they were next week. Like, it's just what it is. It's a one week snapshot of to me what the league currently looks like and who's good and who isn't. And I messaged this as well to Josh Smith when we were talking about the power rankings between ourselves. I said the only thing we know for sure, I think, at this point in the CFL is that there are three teams that suck. Everything else? <laughs> eh, I don't know, really. Like, really? Does anyone really know? I don't know. No, no, no you are you're absolutely right. That is the only thing we know for sure. The and, other... And, Sorry, I was just—I was just yeah, going to say no, go it, 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 you're right. It is—it is manufactured controversy, but as a guy that works for Nissan, I'm sure glad they sponsor the power rankings. <laughs> you got to get them to sponsor the podcast. So you can get like a car out of it or something. Uh, I've bought three Rogues in a year. <laughs> I should definitely get them to sponsor the power rankings. I mean, they sponsor my curling jersey, so like. I feel like they get more value out of this podcast because people actually like listen and some people like us than out of my curling jerseys that, you know, didn't really win a lot in. Nor was anyone really watching or listening other than like, like, does your wife even come watch you? I doubt it, right? Uh, No, she does very occasionally because Mm -hmm. Max likes to slide by the curling club and watch me curl for like, he'll watch me throw two shots. He'll, he'll like, if, if... (laughs) If Lacey's out with the boys, she'll make him go to the curling club. He'll be like, Mommy, I want to go watch Daddy curl. He'll watch me like sweep one rock in two shots and then turn around and be like, I want to go. That sounds like that sounds like a kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so that is the only time, but uh, unless unless requested by the boy, no, she doesn't come to watch. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, speaking of sounding like a kid, uh, Mike O'Shea was apparently a little upset after the game, after a hit on their long snapper Chad Rempel took him out of the game, and that certainly had an, had an effect on the game and the way the rest yeah. of it played out. I still believe that fake field goal would have happened, whether Chad Rempel was in the game or not. But Agreed. either way, it probably it changed the you know some of the thoughts and processes that Mike O'Shea had to go to in terms of kicking and all that. Um, and we certainly saw some slower snaps almost get blocked because of it as well. Which is also another Labor Day tradition, which I'm actually sad we missed out on, where generally speaking, the Bombers tend to have some kind of kick blocked at Labor Day. Uh, uh, It always happens, and I always end up just drinking during it. Yeah, but but the interesting thing to me on that whole thing was why Mike O'Shea was mad at Craig Dickinson for it. Uh. Because, (laughs) and the league came out today, and I, I don't know if it was direct or through some reporters saying they believed that Rempel's head was up making it not an illegal hit. I would have been fine with a flag on the play. I'm also fine really with nothing happening. It's kind of one of those weird gray hits where I'm not really 100% sure how I feel about it one way or the other. I can see where Mike O'Shea is coming from. I can see where the league is coming from. But either way, unless there's hard evidence, I don't think Craig Dickinson told his players to take out Chad Rempel. <laughs> oh, uh, certainly he did. Now, now, as an aside, first on the hit, uh, I will take the expertise of former writer Quinn Magnuson on Twitter. Um, who agrees? It, it, it was not. It may not have been flaggable. It may not have been finable. It may have been. It was legal in his opinion. And this is a guy that was a long snapper in the league for ten years, but definitely mm-hmm. dirty. No, I think that's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a dirty hit on a guy in a vulnerable position who's backpedaling. That you know, generally, you can't you know blow up. He got blown up. It was dirty. 
not cool, avoided. But I'm I'm okay, even as a Winnipeg fan, I'm okay with there not being a fine. I wasn't really okay with there not being a flag, but again, a little bit of bias on my part there, and I'll be the first to admit it. But yeah, a bit of a dirty play. Now, secondly, like. <sighs> What are you doing, Mike O'Shea? I, I, I hate this. This is one of the number one things I hate at all levels of football. We're going to have to start tracking a list of the number one things you hate. Uh, the, there's because I think there's a lot of things at number one right now that seem to be growing with the game of football. <laughs> no, no, no. Things just move around. Um, okay. okay. Right now, this week, the number one thing, because I'm reminded of it, is I like the sportsmanship of the coach's handshake at, after the game. Right? Mm-hmm. Go up say good game, be a man, do the right thing, and just, hey, good game. The coaching fraternity is so small. You can't tell me that Mike O'Shea doesn't know a guy who could get, you know, Craig Dickinson's phone number or set up something, you know, in the hall afterwards and just have a quick, like, hey, man, that was dirty, wasn't cool, didn't like it. But, like, to do it when you know that every single camera is looking at you for that handshake moment, to just go out and, and be that guy, it's, it, it's, it's classless. Because that's the only reason you're doing it. You're doing it to draw attention to it. You're doing it to draw attention to yourself because it's the token TSN Dome Productions director looking at that shot going, Okay, here's a nice end of the game shot. Oh, something happened. Oh, what was this? We now have to ask Mike O'Shea about it. Ooh, controversy. Just, shh, just don't. And this happens at so many levels of football. Like, Win with class. Exactly. Win with class, lose with class. Well, no, that, that was, that was uh, what uh, Dave Dickinson said to Chris Jones, was it? Or was it the other way around? Awesome. Exa- exactly. between the two of them. Where, like, they said but, it. But, in the but that... And that was exactly, that was one of the things that I used to hate about Chris Jones. Like, he always looked like he was given a lecture to win or lose to whoever he was coaching against. Well, that like, was just his drawl. It took a lot to get out here good game, man. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> I'll give you that, gas. That, 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 that was good. But uh, it just, it, it, I don't know. Just go shake, like, again, I've never pretended to play anything at a high level. No. But... In my life, you know, I've shaken hands with guys that have knocked my head off my... You know, I, when I was a goalie playing midget hockey, you, you have guys you've been slashing in the back of the legs the whole game. You can still shake their hands and say good game, right? Yep. Like, there's avenues, there's avenues to do this, and I've been around many coaches, and, and I'll give two guys in specific, two coaching legends here in Saskatchewan, much credit in Brian Towers of the U of S Huskies and Tom Sargent of the Saskatoon Hilltops. Uh, Sarge is one of the most fiery, passionate coaches you'll ever meet. I've never seen him do that in his life. I have seen Sarge reach out to other coaches about a play, but I've never seen him do it during the handshakes. And none none of these guys have TV cameras on them. BT was the same way. Like just, it's, it's, it's bravado. It's unnecessary. It's stupid. It's classless. And all you're doing is you're looking for the attention. And I hate it. One thing it is doing, though, is it is building a storyline toward the Banjo Bowl, which is, of course, this weekend. And uh, 
it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup because we we you know the assumption is always that it's hard to win two games in a row against the same team and historically in this sort of matchup it has been it's a little closer to the mean than maybe some other ones but it's interesting it was Derek Taylor with a stat the other day where he uh, he actually broke down the numbers because everyone was talking about how difficult it is to win the back half of a back and back to back if you won the first game and according to his math he puts it out on Twitter it was back as of 2004. The team that won the first game in the Labor Day and the Labor Day rematch is actually, I believe, it was like 29 and 14. Hmm. Yeah, 24 and 19. Sorry, I'm a little dyslexic on that one. So, <laughs> so while not a, a slam dunk for either way, it is a little more, it is a little easier perhaps to win that second game than, than you know, the narrative that we like to talk about in the media as we like to, you know, as we like to talk about, it, it's like, oh, it's so hard to win that back, you know, the back end of the back and have the hat, the back end of the hat, back at the back. But is it? I don't know. Maybe it's not. I and and it's funny. Another more stats and stuff. This time from uh, Ryan Flaherty of Global Saskatoon. Uh, Flats actually pointed out on Twitter this week that in the since the Labor Day Banjo Bowl became a thing since two thousand four, mm-hmm. uh, the Bombers have swept twice. The Riders have swept seven times. And there's been six splits. So according to math and science and numbers and stuff, it's more probable that there will be a rider's sweep than a split of the series. Mm-hmm. Which in, in some degree makes sense because for the last part of the decade, the Bombers have been so awful while the That's riders so have bad. been pretty good. For the most part, they've had their down years in there as well. But I mean, last year, both teams are pretty good coming into this game. I remember we were talking about this is the, you know, the best these two teams have been at this point of the season in a long time this year they're even better and the riders won both games last year when both teams were we'll say above average at this point yeah and the riders are i would say are in solid position to win both games again this week yeah based on just you know the overall we can't we can't imagine that the bombers are really going to try and do that much differently offensively i can't imagine how what else really they can do at this point so unless willie jefferson does willie jefferson things and has five sacks and you know an interception return for a touchdown and four knockdowns and all this other stuff and another rouge then then maybe winnipeg wins <laughs> that is still one of my favorite moments in cfl history is willie jefferson unintentionally getting a rouge <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, I I want that on his Hall of Fame plaque when yeah. he makes it. You know, you know, hundred and some tackles per season, so many sacks, and one rouge. Um, yeah. And the other thing too with Winnipeg, it's it's funny you mentioned the Winnipeg offense, Joel. And again, I'm no CFL insider, no do I try to pretend to be one, but I do have it on some pretty good intel that uh, Lucky Whitehead and Nick Dembski were both banged up in the loss to Saskatchewan Labor Day Classic. So. And there's something to keep your eye on, too, that if they were to lose two more of their starters from that offense, uh, yikes is all I can say about that one. I will. Um, that Willie Jefferson I, might have to go back to being a receiver like he was at one point in his life, I do believe. It, it's, it's true, and uh, it'll be very good that I'll be working on Saturday because otherwise I'll be, I'd be drinking myself into oblivion watching that. <laughs> well, if it was month end, maybe you would have been. Anyway. That that's that is something I've been known to do a time or month uh, a month month end or two or three after uh, all the paperwork's done for a month. Uh, one story we're not sure if the paperwork is done yet or not is uh, Jordan Williams Lambert. So apparently, yes, on the CFL transactions page, it looks like he's returning to the Riders. Uh, our boy Justin Dunk has some sources. 
saying that Jordan Williams Lambert is on his way to Saskatchewan. The writers, the CFL has on their through their social media channels saying that Jordan Williams Lambert is signed, which is weird because there's been nothing official from the team yet. Right. And that could just be a you know wait until the morning kind of thing. But regardless, something still seems up here. Like I I, I think well we know Jordan Williams Lambert has to come back to Saskatchewan if he's not in the NFL. Yes. And at this point, I think the dust has kind of settled off on NFL cuts and everything. So you would assume at this point he's probably going to want to play football for the next few months, which would mean logically he should be coming back to Saskatchewan. But he took the CFL logo, the you know the graphic they made that said signed and all that, and he had you know the little thinking emoji and said fake news. Hmm. Intrigue to this, and and it's funny because everybody, I mean, minus our boy Justin Dunk, um, the initial reports are just like. And it's funny, This is you're seeing how a story can spread so quickly. Mm-hmm. What you're seeing here is his name added to the Ryder roster on the CFL transaction page. Which all kinds right? of weird stuff happens there all the time. I don't, t- I don't put much stock into that page. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and I mean, like you and I were talking before we started recording, maybe that's just what they have to do to retain his rights, because he's really one of the first guys that's now on that CFL option year clause again. Yeah. Um, but, but you're right nothing from the riders and nothing out of the guys you would and this is i mean absolutely no offense to dave campbell dave campbell who, who pointed out that he was on the cfl transaction page if you look at the original tweet that's all mm-hmm. dave is pointing out oh, I'm that's all yeah that, yeah exactly. which is factually true he's on he's on there so <laughs> exactly but everybody's taking oh he's re-signing you know dave campbell first of the scoop and and i respect the hell out of dave i've had him i we've t- i've talked to him several times really really nice guy but Mm-hmm. It's not being broken by the guys you expect to break a signing like that, right? Like, yeah. you know, you don't have a guy like Derek Taylor, a Farhan Lalji, a Rod Peterson. Dave Naylor. You don't have D- Dave Naylor. You don't have anybody like, uh, or, or even our boy Justin Dunk. I mean, I know I know Dunk in, does mention, I mean, Dunk's the only guy that's come out and says, I've got sources saying this is, you know, going to happen. But it just seems like everybody's going, yeah, no, it's up on the transaction page. Hey, Dave pointed out. That's awesome. Yay, he's coming back to Saskatchewan, right? Like, it just, it, it, it seems odd. Like, you'd expect somebody to, like, I would expect our boy Dunk, like, if he was for sure about it, mm-hmm. you'd see a tweet from Dunk. Yeah, well, there is the story up on 3 Donation about this. Um, but, yeah, all it really says is that he's on his way to Saskatchewan. That can mean a number of things. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's done yet. They could be, you know, yeah. they could be having some talks. There could be a contract might be signed eventually. You know, Jordan Williams Lambert might just be having fun on Instagram. Who knows? He he might just be playing semantic games like players like to do sometimes because he hasn't officially signed anything yet, but he's going to in a, you know in a week or something, right? But <laughs> there's a lot right. of different ways this whole thing could come out. And if by the time we're listening to this podcast and everything's been sorted out, we're sorry. That's why we saved it for last. Um, so what I'm going to say is uh, he's not going to sign, so I'm going to be wrong because I'm always wrong, and uh, he'll sign and everybody will be happy. <laughs> yeah, and this would be a big change for the Saskatchewan Roughriders offense because, and it's it's not really being talked about a whole lot around these parts just yet, but probably, there might be some fans who are, and I know Rob Vanstone has kind of brought it up a little bit, because I know he, there's, you know, there's Paul McRoberts that some guys want to, you know, they, they think he should be playing right now. And they're like, well, who, this receiving core is so good right now. It's like, 
What's Mini Arsenal really doing, though? Like, really? Right. So, right. And that, respect and, and, to the legend, and, and, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's not really, he's not even having, like, there was, remember when G. Roy Simon came to Saskatchewan and he wasn't great, but he was still, he was still doing more than his, like, token catch per game. He was playing right. a role and there was a, clearly a plan with what was going on with G. Roy Simon. I see Manny Arsenal out there and I'm like, why? Well, sometimes I don't even know he's out there. And it's just like, okay. And then you got Kenny Stafford, who they traded for, but to give up, you know, for Christian Jones. He's the, you know, seems to be the token healthy scratch now, like Rob Bag was last year. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so Jordan Williams Lambert does come back. All of a sudden, you put him in Arsenal's spot, and you have Shaq Evans, you have Naaman Roosevelt, you have Kyra and Moore, and you have Jordan Williams Lambert. Oh, and you have McInnes, who actually filled in pretty well for Corey Watson, because, side note, I was kind of worried about Corey Watson being hurt, not for the, you know, the 400 yards or whatever he probably puts up a season, but it's just in terms of the blocking and the whole thing like that, and he threw a pretty yeah. good block in that game, too. So, it seems McInnes is coming along nicely in that respect as well, so yeah. all's fine there, but all, all of a sudden you have those four Americans, that's a pretty darn good receiving core. That is that is, that is stupidly good, and, and, and I do think, Joel, that I think either Manny or Kenny ends up getting the boot just because of the cap. Oh, they have to. One of them would have to, yeah. Or go, or or uh, Manny, or you know, Stafford's gonna pull a hammy or something and be on the sixth game, right? Right. Which which wouldn't surprise me. The token, you know, I'm sure yeah. you can find some injury that Manny Arsenal has been fighting his whole career and put him on the sixth game list until you really need him. But uh, yeah, that's that's the only wrinkle. But I think that offense, like. The weapons that Cody Fajardo would have. And, and again, you're starting to see this team. So you mentioned that receiving core. The offensive line, although beat up to me, still good. has been still good. Mm-hmm. Um, Fajardo's good. Like, I just, uh, Yeva, I, 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 I get the argument, but I just, the more I go back to it, the more I, especially with Jordan William La- Williams Lambert, I have such a hard time not buying this team as a Grey Cup contender. No, and, and they are a great cup contender in my mind just because there isn't a clear-cut favorite. There isn't a team that you say, that team is elite and they are for sure the number one favorites to win the great cup. Does Jordan Williams-Lambert perhaps push the riders into that spot? The, the only, my only reservation on Jordan Williams-Lambert coming back, and we've seen this from guys before, when you come back mid-season from the NFL – as good as you were before, and this, you know, we saw it with Weston Dressler even, who was, you know, Hall of Fame level good before he left to the NFL. And then he came back and essentially did nothing for half a season because there is that weird, there's a difficult adjustment to make from going from right. NFL camp, NFL field, NFL rules to mid-season CFL and you need to readjust to the game up here. No, you're right. That's the, that's my only, that's the only thing that's holding me back and that's why... Maybe that's where it's good that they have the other guys. So if Jordan Williams Lambert does come back to Saskatchewan, he can be eased back into things rather than okay, go out there and win us football games. Right, and I would say because he's only really had the one real good season. I'm not discrediting the season he's had, but oh, no. it's not like when Weston Dressler came back that everybody expected him to be out there because he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if and when Jordan Williams Lambert returns. You see a guy go on the sixth game. They can give him some time because the offense has been good enough to kind of re-acclimate to the CFL and uh, really get into a swing of things with Cody Fajardo.
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.